Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, November 27th, and you're listening to episode 600, 600 of the Building the Game podcast. I'm some guy here with Jason Slingerland, who has been here since day one. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing well. Uh, and sitting across from me digitally is if you haven't guessed it, is your moderator, Chris, Chris Michaud, one of my best friends that I've never met ever in person. <laughs> Someday it's going to happen. I keep telling Someday. myself <laughs> We'll just be uh, at the same grocery store. We'll have a brief <laughs> conversation about cereal and then forget it all happened. That's how it's going to go. It's I. That sounds great. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> like if you can oh. map out how to how to tie together that parasocial relationship that's exactly how you want to do it um, you uh you live way too far away for that so yes yeah. absolutely um but first of all congratulations on 600 episodes yeah. it's a round number which is why i'm here i always just kind of uh poof <laughs> out of the true. darkness on the round up <laughs> number true. episodes with my scythe in hand <laughs> asking if this podcast is ready to go into the light yet <laughs> Not so quite. far, the answer has been no, but but I always look forward to these milestone episodes because you know me, I'm OG BTG since day one. Uh, we yes. grew up together as podcasts back in the day. Yep. Uh, I mm -hmm. got out of the game, uh, you didn't, and so now I'm, I'm a barnacle on you, which is fun. <laughs> um, but uh, first question, how's it feel? Yeah, you know, I think what I was reflecting on most recently, just a, just a couple days ago, was that... I was like, when was the last time Rob was here, right? Thinking back to when we started this, you know, Rob was a co-host for 372 episodes, That's which if lot. you're good with math, that means he hasn't been here for a very long time, right? You take the 600, you minus 372, you get 230-ish. 230-ish, yeah. Still more than half the time Rob's right, been yeah, here, but yeah. it's, it's closely right. approaching yeah. equilibrium, right? Right, right. It was crazy because like Rob coming back for episode 500 was a big thing because it had been so long. And that was 100 episodes ago. Right. <laughs> it's like two what? years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The um, But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm always excited. Like this podcast never gets old to me. Um, you know, Rob and I were talking recently and I said to him, you know, the best thing that could happen to the podcast was that one of us had to go. Like I said, it didn't really matter who it was. It was probably better it was him because uh, because he wanted to leave. Um, but like, like it really, Rob chose to go at a time where it really allowed the podcast to bring in a bunch of new people to, you know, I think Rob and I always felt great when we could have a good guest on, right? And now that's every single week, you know? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, present company included i guess like you know <laughs> don't no don't want other people but but you're uh, you're right though because uh building the game has reinvented itself probably a couple of times now uh if you yeah, think about it i mean yeah. i mean the the big change from robin jason to the new format which is now mm -hmm. not new it's years old at this <laughs> it's point it's crazy right yeah um uh, was was a big sea change, but I think it, I feel like it has continued to evolve since then. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. you know, it, it starts as this show, which is just two guys 
getting started and trying to figure this whole thing out and and really starting from scratch from day one. Mm-hmm. And it has evolved into this place where it's less of a podcast and more of a community now. Like the podcast yeah. is the anchor point. Yeah. It, it's sort of something that everybody sort of gathers around, but it's the Tuesday night meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. conversations on Discord. It's the single most active Discord that I can keep up with. Any more active than that means it has 10,000 people in it, which I can't right. do. Right, right. But it, it really yeah. has become about this community of designers. And, and mm-hmm. it's now like the dynamic of Rob and Jason helping each other figure this out is now lots of people helping each other figure this out. Uh, and it's just been yeah. phenomenal to watch. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, the community is a crazy thing. You know, um, Neil Roberts, uh, I believe it was Neil. Yeah, he started the Discord. So he was like, hey, you should have a Discord. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what that is. And so I signed up for it and then promptly ignored it. Um as did several people, like quite a few people signed up, didn't talk much. And then I don't even remember why, like, I, I'm sure there was a reason, but I was like, let's do this discord thing again. And then it just started to grow. Like, and suddenly people showed up and then I really feel like, well, first of all, props to Heather Newton, because she has driven more people yes. <laughs> to this community than anyone. Um, and uh, but really, like, I feel like the Tuesday night meetings became this thing that just made it was interesting to people. Right. Like, we, especially because we never see each other. Honestly, I think it was COVID that got the discard discord going again. I think that was the big thing around that. If I remember correctly. It's also crazy to think Rob was gone before COVID. Like that was four years. Like <laughs> so long ago. Um, But but yeah, the community is really what drives me now. And I love that people will just message me and be like, Hey, I had this idea for an episode. And I'm like, let's do it. Or that, which kind of started as people would be like, it'd be cool if the show talked about this. And I'm like, great. When are we talking about it? <laughs> come on wait, the show wait, and talk about it. You come on and talk <laughs> yeah, about this. Like, like you, know? you got a, you got a brilliant idea. And now you're going to do some work. Congratulations. Right. Uh, and I, but it's cool. I, try to, I, I love right. that. Me too. Me too. Because through that, I think now it's like a whole cast of characters, right? You know, you've Mm -hmm. got your first wave of hosts that join after Rob comes on, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and then we've got new faces showing up and, and now, uh, there's just so many voices who speak from experience and authority of all different experience levels. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so whatever it is that you're dealing with as a game designer, there's somebody there with both useful and kind and considered advice. That's three, that's three things, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. We don't edit on BTG. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not what we do here. Um, those three things and no more things, but yeah, for serious, it's um, like, I haven't actively worked on a board game design. I design games of sorts and yet it's still a great resource for me. I, I've thrown yeah, questions out yeah. there and, uh, you know, it's it's been great to collaborate with folks. I feel like uh, it really has become a movement of its own. It's it's yeah, grown yeah. beyond just uh, and also uh, six hundred episodes. Still no ads. Still no still Patreon. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still Which nothing. Is crazy to think about. Um, usually, you know, at some point it's like, well, you know, maybe we can 
raise a little bit of money, but really I feel it, it's it's the community aspect of it uh, that really right. is where everybody draws their value. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I mean, ads are something that I've just, we've had so many offers for ads. It, it, I was getting quite a few emails for a while, people being like, can I come on, you know, I want to come on the show. It, it was crypto for a while and then AI yeah. for a while. And, <laughs> and I just started responding and saying, I would love to have you on the show. The fee is $7,000. Um, no takers <laughs> yet. But I told the community, I was like, listen, y'all, if somebody wants to do it, we're going to do an episode for them. And the next episode, we're going to apologize. And then we're going to do something really cool for a bunch of people. <laughs> like it's going to be worth it. I love the idea. Okay, listen up, because I know there are other media creators out there listening. Whether you're active in the Discord or not, you know there are those listeners who just have this as part of their podcast routine and, mm -hmm. and choose yeah, not yeah, to yeah. engage with me, which is fine. Some of those folks are media creators, and they get those same emails. I guarantee yes. you. Yes. And yes, I never thought of just charging an outrageous upfront <laughs> fee. I mean, why not? Right. With the money. You know, I mean, I was like, imagine the cool things we could do for the community with that much money. Like, you know, I wasn't greedy. I thought it'd say like, you know, 10 grand. I mean, seven, seven seems... thousand. It's like 30% off. Yeah, what you're thinking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I look at it this way. These companies want to come in and say they have all this money. I was like, great. Then then spend it here. Fund my podcast for a few years. We got the some always 10x the number of episodes uh, is <laughs> the formula. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so what are we doing no. here? You, this is a concept show. Right. I'd love to hear about yes. the concept of this one. Yeah, yes. Thank you for keeping me on track here. Yeah, so we were having conversations, believe it or not, in the Discord and on some episodes. And we were really trying, we were talking about what success is, you know, and what success is in the industry. And, and what we very quickly realized was there was not an answer to that question that was consistent, right? Because we all have different goals and we all have different ideas and, you know, around that and expectations. And, and really, so I just started to ask the question, you know, how do you decide divine success for you, right? When it comes to the industry, what is success for you? And then somewhere along the lines came the idea to make people record that, um, we told them two minutes or less define success for you personally in the board game industry. And boy, howdy, did people respond? We oh, have yeah. ones that are well over two minutes. We have ones that are well under 30 seconds. <laughs> we have songs. We have, I mean, um, <laughs> it just, the, uh, the community really came out in force and, you know, uh, we have over 40, um, people who, you know, came out and, and were willing to put stuff out here people from all around the industry, people from the community, from outside of the community. And um, gosh, that was exciting. Cause you know, you put yourself out there for that and people could just say, I mean, you know, you try and run like a contest or something with a podcast and suddenly you're like, do we have any listeners? You know, it's just like crickets and <laughs> you shout it into the void and hope the void right, counts back. Right. And sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. Right. Uh, right. But man, they came through in force with this one. They did. They did. And you know what? Like the, I listened to these all several times. I listened to them when we got them. I, then I put them all in an order and then edited them and listened to them again. And I'll listen to them one more time before the show goes out. And I just loved all the different perspectives and all the different, you know, ways that people define success. 
was just crazy to me. Um, and I loved it. You know, and we had several people like, Oh, I'm an unpublished designer. Like, you know, cause I would reach out to people and say, Hey, like, I haven't got your thing yet. Like you send me your thing. And they're like, I don't think I have anything to say. And I'm like, you do though. And every one of those people that said that those were the best ones, man. Like where they said, I don't think I have anything good to say about this because I'm not successful. I was like, you know, that's again, personal definition of success. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I'm just so excited for people to get to hear it. Uh, it was so fun being a part of it. You already got to hear them all ahead of time. You know, yes. Uh, you're going to send privilege. me the supercut ahead of time. Yes. Uh, and, and I want to get into it a little bit more coming out of it because I think there was a lot yeah, of fascinating yeah. things going on, mm -hmm. but, uh, I was also really blown away by just the breadth of different perspectives mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. how it didn't matter what stage of this journey people were on. Everybody mm -hmm. had something to say that was valuable. Um, right. So yep. uh, it was just fascinating to hear. I, I wasn't sure what to expect going into it. It right? far exceeded my expectations. Because when you put something like that out there to the public, again, you never know. But uh, Right. We could have uh, got 40 duds, right? We could have got right. five duds. I mean, that would have actually been okay. Five duds have been like, okay, so what are we doing for episode 600 that's not that? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know... Um, I loved every single one of them in their own way. Um, every one of them r resonated with me in some way or at some stage in my journey where I was like, yep, that was me. Like, I remember when I, when that's how I defined success or when I was close to that, you know? Um, but we're all constantly evolving um, and our priorities are shifting around this, you know? Yeah. You mentioned the, uh, the folks who wrote in and, and said, you know, I'm not really this that far along in my journey. I'm not sure if I have something mm -hmm. valuable to say. And the first thing I thought about when you said that was 2012, Jason, trying to figure <laughs> this out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like if you've been on for the ride since the beginning and, and mm -hmm. many of you have, um, Rob and Jason started in that place. Right. Yeah. And yeah. we're trying to figure out what is it that I'm trying to achieve here? What is the next step? What is it that, that I need to, to drive at? What am I trying mm -hmm. to accomplish here? And that definition has absolutely changed over the past <laughs> decade or so. And in after positive the and, yeah, and, yeah. and incredible ways. So I, I think that's going to be, bring a lot of value in this conversation, no matter where you're at in this journey, uh, listening to all these different perspectives on it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And after the supercut. Uh, I'll talk a bit more about that and how that's changed for me. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, it, I mean, you know, for anybody that's been doing, I, I think the people who have been doing this for a long time, that was a consistent thing I you'll hear in there is where they'll say, it's changed for me over the years. How can it not, right? How can it not? It should. Uh, yeah, right. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's an important thing to think about. And it just is one of many amazing conversations that this community has. This is a pretty deep mm -hmm. thinking community. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, and this subject is among just so many amazing uh, threads that I've seen uh, within the BTG community. Um, so I want to ask you, before Agreed. we get into the individual answers, we talked about this yeah, a little yeah. bit before the show. How would you define success for building the game, the entity, whether you want to call it building the game right. podcast, building the game community, right, however right. you want to define that. How do you see as the leader of this community, 
what defines success? What is making this entity a successful entity? First of all, let's cool it with the leader of this. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, pal. You're the one who does the editing. <laughs> it makes you the leader. Right, right, right. Uh, you can pretend like this is some kind of like anarchy <laughs> society where everybody come on man let's right right it's fair it's fair sorry I, to go all know, hard, uh, hardcore right. journalist on you there for a <laughs> right right so you know <laughs> much like my personal definition success for the podcast has changed you know like so so many times i'm like i struggle to remember how we would have defined success in the beginning and the best thing that i can tell you is that in the very beginning we just wanted to make something that gave us a reason to make games and to hopefully, hopefully be useful to other people in the industry who were new. Because as I've said before many times, when we started, none of this stuff existed that we have now where there are these awesome communities that are bigger than our community. There are communities that do way more than we do in the industry. Um, there are so many podcasts now, so many different events and all of these things focused around, you know, new designers and stuff. And, and none of that existed when we started. So, you know, it was really big. Like we have to figure out how to, you know, help other people. But also there were no guarantees with that. Right. The, the big thing was like we always joked we're either going to be a model for success and what to do, or we're going to be, you know, real big red flags to show people what are some real bad ideas. And, <laughs> and I'm proud to say that over the years, we have won hundred percent been both. Um, yes, you know, absolutely. I mean, I, like when I reflect back on the podcast and listen, you're probably going to disagree with this statement. It's fine. Cause it's my own personal view, but like, I think we've probably failed just as much, if not more than we've succeeded at the things we were trying to do. And I'm so okay with that because that is part of the process. Consistently, the feedback I get from people are that the crappy episodes, the episodes where we talk about failing and bad stuff are their favorite episodes because they're real, right? I mean, they're, right. you know, and, and like, it's gotten harder over the years because there are certain things that we can't talk about anymore. And that just, just kills me. I've had situations of late with games and companies and stuff that, I can't talk about and that's hard because it it feels it feels like like going against the commitment to the community even though like they all get it like they you know we we talk about stuff in the discord and everyone gets it um but that's hard like I I struggle with that a lot Yeah I mean first of all I absolutely agree that you have failed a bunch uh, <laughs> I've been Thank paying you. attention Jason uh, I mean, if anyone and, would notice, it's you. You've been around, and, and in this, and in this, the six hundredth episode where we weigh everything you've done on the scales of justice to figure out <laughs> if you've been successful. Uh, I agree with you that that's such an important resource is to understand. Hey, these are the struggles. These are the things that you're mm -hmm. going to run into. These are the false starts you might experience. Mm -hmm. uh, this is what it's like when you make a decision that seems like a really good decision and then you learn more information and, and how right. do you process right. that and understand that you did the best that you could with the information that you had. Right. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Some of that is, is sort of warning folks against 
directions that they could take. But some of that is just understanding that as a designer working on spec and working in this industry, mm -hmm. you will run into those situations. It's going yeah. to happen and it's okay yeah. if it happens to you. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not your fault, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly... sometimes, sometimes it was my fault, but yeah, um... <laughs> sometimes. But um... I, I went through. So you know, talking about defining success for the podcast. So like, I went through a phase where I thought we had to keep growing to be successful. You know, Rob and I. I used to like every day, I would get to work. Um, sorry, old job. I don't work at anymore. First thing I would do, I would pull up the stats. I would put them in a spreadsheet and I paid attention. And Rob and I always said that as long as we were growing or steady, we should keep doing it. But if people didn't want it anymore, we should stop. And that was our measure of success was like, are we growing? And that powered me for a long time. And, and, you know, I mean, I'd be like, Oh man, this month, the numbers are down a little bit. Why are they down? Like, what are we doing wrong? And then, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at our stats in, in probably two years because I wow. just don't care. I don't know that um, I could even do that. <laughs> it just, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it just doesn't matter to me anymore. And two years in exaggeration, I do see the stats. They pop up a lot of times, but I don't look at them in detail. I don't analyze them um, like, like I used to. And I haven't done that for, for years just because... There was a point when it clicked that the true success of this podcast it, that, that we've already done, we've already checked off this goal is that we've built this community that I look forward to going to every day to interface with, whether it's to ask a game design question or to, you know, post lots of memes in response to people's questions. <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, that to me. When I sit on that Tuesday night call and I see an amazing group of people who are from all different backgrounds, all different parts of around the world, like we get people from from all over the world from time to time. And um, and that makes me so pleased because that's the kind of community that I want to build. Um, And yeah, and you know, it's. Yeah, I mean that if we can keep doing that, um then 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 we're succeeding every day. And and maybe that definition will change someday, but for now, I feel real good about that. Um that we can be helpful to people, that we can be, you know, making, you know, positive influence in the community and and you know, and for me too, the other thing is we started this podcast off as as two white dudes from the Midwest. And and I felt like as the podcast grew, and especially after Rob left, that it was my job to ensure that we were getting more diverse voices out there, that we were making sure that people who who didn't look like us and have our same backgrounds were out there. Now, that said, you know, as you sit across from me <laughs> with a very similar <laughs> background to me, um, you know, I'm not saying like we can't have that, but what I'm saying is, you know, I wanted to make sure that we were a welcoming community where we could, you know, have different perspectives and voices on. And so that has become, you know, a, a lot bigger focus for, for us in the last several years. Um, yeah. And, and, I, what, and I love and look that. what dividend that's paid. Uh, right. Right. Some amazing people on this show week in and week out 
uh, providing some amazing perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some of whom I would consider friends. Um, I've told yeah. them that they're my friend, whether they <laughs> choose <laughs> to believe that or not. I um, don't think anyone would turn you down for being a friend. You're just too excited. Uh, <laughs> I watch a lot of bad TV, and I got a lot to say about it. But, um, <laughs> but to your point, it's doing the work, right? Right, right. Not just saying the door's open. Let's hope some folks walk through it. It's it's really reaching out uh, to within the design community, uh, and then it builds momentum, right? Right, uh, right. Because because the more uh, you sort of plant the flag and say we're we're going to represent uh, a broader, more diverse perspective on this show, mm-hmm. the more those voices are heard, and the more those voices are heard, the more people are going to come to that. Uh, yep. I have been incredibly impressed by that uh especially over the last few years uh and i have been grateful uh for just the amazing episodes that have come out of that Uh, yeah and i mean i've been grateful at how much i've been able to learn from that you know um because i'm always if there's one thing i am always open to it's that i don't know anything and that i need to like (laughs) i need to learn more uh about games about people about perspectives so this podcast has been you know, transformational for me in that way. Um, but when I look at the future of the podcast, I think the biggest word that comes to mind though is microtransactions. So <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> the next step. Is so it's is gonna be like some sort of a token my audio. that you can't funge. <laughs> and then we'll charge seven thousand dollars per episode. <laughs> My thought is this. My audio will be free, but the guest's audio <laughs> could be a microtransaction again. No. <laughs> the free version, no. which has the left channel of audio. Oh, and my gosh. Then, I don't even want to put that out there, man, because someone will be like, what a great idea. We should right, do the that. The second tier, you get the, the left channel at 44,000 kilohertz and the right channel at 25,000 kilohertz. <laughs> you get the premium version. It balances it all out. So actually, if we want to make a million dollars with microtransactions based on people's podcast uh, habits, all we need to do is upcharge people to listen to it at times two speed. That's it, <laughs> right there. Pay gas fees for yeah. the for the one and a half x. Yeah, but um, but no. So seriously though, when I when I, I want to you know talk about the future success of the podcast, right? I mean, my intention is to be here for as long as I can. Like I want to. You know, I mean, I always joke somewhat seriously, somewhat jokingly, because it's a joke, um, is that episode 1,000 is my goal right now, right? Uh, when I hit episode 1,000, I'll I'll decide what to do, right? Um, I mean, likely, I'll just keep recording. But, you know, to me, like, that is a point where I can say, like, I've been doing this for over 20 years now, yeah. right? Like, you know, and, and I joke, like, I've been saying that joke since gosh, before episode 500, I feel like, and, and, you know, look how far we are already. Right. I mean, we are 60% of the way there. So, um, I feel like I yeah. blinked and we were just at 500 when it we had really, this wild right? game yeah. show. Yes. And now here we yeah. are at 600 having a far more serious conversation. It feels like the serious conversations happen on the three hundreds. Yeah. Where we... Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's probably, you know, uh, episode 900 we, we're have to focus we're get on real that, deep yeah. so, in uh, four or five years or so. Uh, but 
but here's here's the big thing to me, and I, I've talked to this about the people in the with the people in the community, you know, like so for now, like I, I've been able to fund the podcast, I've been able to keep everything running, but one of the things I do want to figure out is, you know, I want to ensure that this podcast, if it can, it goes beyond me, right? Because, um. You know, to quote Ted Lasso, right? Because that's a good show. It's it's not about me. It never has been about me, right? I mean, sure, in the beginning it was about Rob and I, but it, but it's not that anymore, right? I mean, it's it's about this community, and and I want to ensure that it can go on as long as possible, right? So so that's been something I've been working a lot on behind the scenes is figuring out like how, you know, how much how how can we ensure that the BTG continues, like. Um, for as long as people want to be part of that community, you know, and, and for a while I was nervous about that, but with the community we have now, I have no worries about how to keep that going. Um, yeah. So, so that's, you know, that's just something I think on my mind, um, has been for quite a while because I love the show so much and I love the community so much that I want to make sure that it's not just me, right. That it's, you know, yeah. Not trying Absolutely. to like end on a downer there, but no, that's <laughs> just... not a downer. I think the idea that could this thing live indefinitely, right? And could it do that by having uh, a point at which there is succession in this, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You think about real huge commercial broadcasts, right? Those have been on forever, right? Because right. You know, it's not just Doctor Who. It's 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 news shows. It's your late night mm-hmm. shows. It's it's a lot of creative endeavors have survived well past when everybody thought they would be because uh, the people behind them knew how to set the next person up for success. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's wild to me to think about that's your answer today when <laughs> we look back at. 500 and 400 and 300 and 200 right, and 100 right, and, right. and where you know i think when you and i first started uh as creators in this space it was just can we get like a dozen people to engage with us right yeah and yeah, yeah. and when we put it out there will we hear something back and that's the measure of success i had a right, pizza right. party with my friends when we reached 100 downloads on the original show and we're gonna get there. Thousand, we're gonna get it was, there. It was it was a bigger yet, pizza but... party, right? Um, <laughs> and you start at that place, and then you just never know where this stuff is right. gonna go. And I think that's yeah, a great yeah. object lesson for the designers who may be early in their journey listening to this: is mm-hmm. that when you're at the starting point, it's it's just about what's the next win, right? Because mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. don't know where this is gonna go. You can't right. predict right. it. All you can do is uh, do your best today. And uh, and uh, so I think it's profound when you think of it that way. Yeah. No, I agree. So, so con- right. congratulations on uh, creating a bunch of success already uh, with BTG. <laughs> uh, we got to tease you. into this uh, super cut here. Yes, uh, yes, we been do. Waiting. People have been uh, waiting and we've just been teasing it out, just building the drama. <laughs> and we're going to build it a little bit longer, I think. Um, on the other side of this, you're going to talk about your personal definition of success, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
All right. I, I, the guy who gets the advantage of listening to everyone else's first before having yes. to answer. You know, that's <laughs> honestly, leadership has its privileges, right? <laughs> I mean, I did also extend that uh, to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> but to upon air, only two people have heard everything, and that is you and I. Uh, the other co hosts, I did not even let them see it. <laughs> Thought they could be surprised. <laughs> Suck on that, co hosts. <laughs> Enjoy it. So yeah, uh, but so, so yeah. So I think what's going to happen is you are going to talk a little bit about your personal definition of success. Sure, um, I'll I'll get it started, and then we'll let this amazing community take over with some some much better answers. I think sounds um, awesome. But I have been, I'm going to say for now 11, 12 years, been doing sort of independent creative work uh, that mm-hmm. wasn't just my day job and not just little projects here and there. Um, and we talked about how it was in the beginning when you first create stuff and it's just, you know, are people engaging with it? Can you get a couple of people to laugh? Can you get a couple of people to respond in an email or whatever? And, and you kind of grow from there. And the perspective I've gained after doing a few different projects and even walking away from projects that I felt were really successful, my personal definition of success today is is whatever creative project I'm doing giving me more energy than it's taking out of me? There are always the tough days. There are always the times when you have to grind. There's always the times where you're not feeling as motivated and you have to find a way to get through that. But on the larger whole level, if whatever it is I'm doing, I feel is giving me back more energy than I'm putting into it, then I feel like that's a success. And that's a privileged place to be because this is all this stuff is side hustle for me. This is all stuff I do above and beyond my day job, which pays my bills. I don't rely on any of it to uh, take care of me and my family. If I pick up money from it, it creates fun experiences, which I suppose is a form of giving energy back, right? Um, But for me, the perspective I've gained is that if I'm going to do this stuff, I need to be getting some kind of a personal fulfillment out of it. And when that Mm -hmm. equation goes upside down, it's time to rest or pivot or both. Um, That is the definition, best definition of success for me, because over the years, it's been downloads, it's been Patreon dollars, it's been gigs and bookings, it's been sales, it's been emails getting back, it's been nice letters written to me. There's all kinds of different things that come into that mix. Uh, sometimes it's just sitting in front of an audience and, and people are enjoying it and laughing and, and having a good time. That is incredibly fulfilling to me. And sometimes I do this stuff for free just because I want a, a little bit of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, if I'm not burning myself out and I'm getting more back from it, that feels like success to me. And it is that simple and Zen a definition. And it took me weeks to land on that. Since you yeah. invited me <laughs> to think about this question <laughs> weeks ago, that's what I came up with. Uh, I, uh, but I, I love that. Uh, but I think our audience will look forward very much to hearing uh, what the community has to say about that. So uh, yeah, we go to it and, uh, well, and chat about it on the other side. I would like to point out first that, you know, while your definition is fantastic, it literally breaks the first law of thermodynamics. And uh, so I'm a little concerned about that. Uh, well, you know, I'm all about uh, defying physics in, in the things that I do. <laughs> but no, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, so uh, the first person up here um, uh, to kick us off um, 
is Omari Akil. Uh, Omari is a musician, a game designer, um, a publisher, a whole lot of stuff. And uh, he's going to bring us into this. Fell on my face and got prettier. Losing the race, then I get here. Choosing to stay, feel like giving up. Using the day to make plenty love. Fell on my face and got prettier. Losing the race, then I get here. Choosing to stay, feel like giving up. Using the day to make plenty love. By my own definition, I'm winning. Found a home building games in the kitchen. Found a zone getting dames with the dripping. Sing a song just to frame my existence. Sing along, I can paint you a picture. Is it wrong if I stay inconsistent? Is it wrong if I play an adventure? Is it wrong when I say with intention? Trying to change a whole industry, yo. I done made it this far, so I'm living it up. I'm elated, this bar, still filling my cup. I'm ashamed, two guards in my vision is stuck. See the case, two jobs is a prisoner's luck. See the space, too hard, feel the friction and run. See the way family out here living is tough. Fuck you, pay me has limits for us here but i still do it because i'm real fluid it's the quality that probably gave me influence i can show up anywhere and make you wish you went if you put me through your engine you don't need coolant i just put it on my mission i'ma be human when you chuck me to the wolves i'ma breathe through it when you cut me to the core i'ma bleed music and when you trust me with your soul i'ma see movement started winning when i got you dancing playing reindeer games then i got you prancing been there on occasion i got through traffic we heavy in vibes you can spot Magic, uh. Be assured that I ain't gonna be mad if these words had a haters doing backflips. Keep working on them bees till the last sip. G's first, I do everything backwards. Fell on my face and got prettier. Losing the race, then I get here. Choosing to stay, feel like giving up. Using the day to make plenty love. Fell on my face and got prettier. Losing the race, then I get here. Choosing to stay, feel like giving up. Using the day to make plenty love. Hi, I'm Banana Chan. I'm an award-winning game designer for tabletop role-playing games and board and card games. There will be moments where you feel unsure of yourself, but as long as you're satisfied with what you produced and you did your best and you continue to work hard on yourself, then I think you've succeeded. My name is Aaron Wilson. I am a game designer. I designed Sovereign Skies. Why I Otter and an Otter One, those are my three published games. I also helped develop uh, two games from Gravitation Games, the company which I founded, Bethany and Zhang. Those games are Please Fix a Teleporter and Aloha Earth. I would measure success in this industry, I guess, by consistent input into the processes within the industry. I think I'm getting there. I think there's a matter of persistence and engagement kind of need to be there throughout your, you know, I'm going to put in air quotes, board game career. I've been designing games recently with my co-designer, John Prather, and we are working on a lot of games right now, and none of which uh, are signed or have been published. And that's the hard part, knowing that the market is so saturated that it's really hard to get new games into the market with so many publishers being very fickle and so many new designers who are really great and come up with amazing new things. Very hard to compete, but success or not, I would say if it's your passion, keep doing the thing that you're doing uh, because you enjoy it. 
Uh, and if you don't enjoy it, get out and go find something you do enjoy. I'm obviously not in it for the money because there's really not much in it, but it is a lot of fun and I do enjoy being a part of the industry. My name is Nathan Wall. I'm a game designer in the board game industry. I define success personally as being able to make a living off of designing games in the board game industry. Right now, I am not at that level of success, but I hope to someday get there. And that is what I would consider to be success personally for myself. Hi, y'all. I'm Maggie Clayton, and I am a sales, marketing, and product development expert in gaming. And I personally define success in gaming as creating a memorable experience with those at your table. Um, that can be a happy experience, that can be uh, an emotional experience, or even a scary experience, depending on the game that you're playing. But it's, it's making sure that the people playing the product are walking away with a memory of that event. I'm Ken Franklin, Senior Yeoman for Calliope Games, and uh, I think of myself as a game designer. I think of success on four levels. First, standing in a store holding a game that I created and a publisher produced. Second, being invited by a publisher to help design a game. Third, being introduced as a game designer at a convention such as Origins, Gen Con, or Grand Con. But most importantly, my measure of personal success is creating a game experience that makes people want to experience it together. I'm Emily Vincent, and I'm a game designer. So for me, when I think about success, there's sort of two aspects that I think about, an external and an internal. Um, in terms of externally, I think about the impact that I want my games to have on the people around me, the people who play them. Um, I want to create things that make people feel, feel joy, feel delight, feel a story that they haven't heard before, learn something, right? Uh, so I'm really looking at what kind of impact can the games that I make have on other people. In terms of internal success, though, I have always been a creator, a maker, someone who likes to, to build and craft and hone. Um, and so what I'm looking for personally in game design is finding a way to bring more of that design, craft, maker experience into my life and is to find a way to fit that into my life in a way that brings me joy, um, and a way that challenges me and keeps me excited and engaged. Uh, so those are the two things that I think about when I think about success. Hey, I'm Tim Devine, and I design and publish games. Success to me is always evolving. It's more like leveling up. It began with make a game that someone else will enjoy, and it just keeps expanding from there. This is Mark Spector of Grand Gamers Guild. As a publisher, I have two definitions of success. From a business perspective, Success is keeping my company afloat in an increasingly difficult and competitive business environment. It's moving at the speed of cash and making choices that don't risk what I've built. I'd also find success in launching that million dollar project. Uh, that would be a sea change for me. From a personal perspective, success is choosing products that matter to me in the hopes that they'll matter to the fan base I've cultivated. It's serving that fan base with great content and great service. It's also hoping that in the future, when I wrap this all up, I can look back with pride on a body of work that mattered to me even if I never found my million dollar project. Hi, I'm Ed Wedig. I'm a graphic designer and an amateur game designer. 
how do I personally define success in game design? Well, to me, success is when people want to play my games, when they ask to play my games, and when they go out and play my games without my uh, interaction at all. Um, I'll tell you a little story about that. I've had that happen exactly once. Uh, back in approximately 2014 or 2015, uh, I was I published a game with a through a friend of mine's company uh, called uh, Twenty Yard Shamble. It was a uh, it's a game of um, competitive zombie racing and betting, and I was in my friend's booth pitching my game to uh, a younger guy who was there with his family, and he really liked the theme of the game, liked that the game was family friendly, even though it involved zombies. Uh, it, it, we had a lot of humor in the game. Um, so they bought a copy uh, and then turned around and asked me to sign it, which I thought was uh, pretty awesome. And then later at the convention, uh, like the next day, I walk by a table and I see him with his family playing the game. Now, this wasn't a setup that I set up to run the game or a demo or anything like that. He had bought the game, taken it home, learned the rules that night, I guess. And the next day, it set it up at the convention and was playing it. Um, I call that a win in my book. Now I'm searching for my next win. Hey, I'm Carol Mertz, senior game designer at Exploding Kittens. And success to me is creating a way to bring people together to share a meaningful experience. I want my players to feel welcomed into the game. I want them to have an opportunity to learn about themselves and each other. And I want them to walk away feeling fulfilled and connected. That's something I'm always thinking about when I design my games. Hello, I am Jonathan Gilmore. I am a designer of such games as Dead of Winter, Dinosaur Island, and Kids on Bikes. I also do development in the industry and I work with uh, lots of different companies, but I'm full-time with Maestro Media currently, and I wanted to take a couple minutes and talk about what I feel like success in the industry is. I started designing games because I felt creatively starved at the full-time job that I had. So I started to design um, just for fun and to have something to make. Um, I released my first design that I felt comfortable with as a print-and-play game on Board Game Geek. Um, I released another print-and-play game on Board Game Geek over the years, and I was, you know, honestly close to releasing Dead of Winter as a print-and-play on Board Game Geek. And, you know, things happened, and I was lucky and made some introductions, and, you know, that's been very successful by every definition of the terms, but for me... What success really is, is when, you know, fans come up and they talk to you about the experiences that they had with the game. Um, nothing gets me more excited than hearing somebody's personal stories about the fun time that they had or, you know, telling them stories about the fun times I had playing it. Because I really strive to make sure that every game that I design is a game that I uh, very much enjoy. So for me, that's what success is, is making games that I and other people uh, like and enjoy and, and helping to spread happiness, because I feel like that's 
one of the most noble pursuits we can do as a human. My name is Jamie Sabriel. I'm primarily a game designer and developer, although I do a bunch of other stuff at this point. Um, and I define success as doing your best and inspiring others to follow that lead and do their best as well. Um, and what I mean by doing your best is uh, I am not out here to make games for everyone that everyone will love because that's impossible. Uh, I'm out here to make games that I love. And I won't love a game unless I know that I gave it my all and I put my best foot forward and I didn't compromise on what it was that I wanted to make. And in addition to that, there's no greater feeling to me when than when someone looks at what I've made or sees what I'm saying or doing in the industry and they say, that inspires me to put my best foot forward with my stuff, to work on my stuff, to follow my own creative paths. You know, I I was so excited when I started getting games signed, of course, but none of that beats the feeling of when someone said that I am an inspiration to them or that because they, they see the characters that I make and the games that I make, that they are inspired to work on their own stuff. That's that's just so awesome. And that's that's really what I'm what I'm in it for. That's how I define success is like that sort of paying it forward of creativity and everyone using their position and their their creative works to lift everyone else up as well. Hi, my name is Joe Hopkins. I'm the game designer for Endangered and the game developer for Grand Gamers Guild. A game developer's job is similar to a designer. You play test games and make improvements. Um, but a game developer will take the game after it's under contract with a designer uh, and get it to the point where the rules are finalized so the game is ready for art and graphic design and final printing. My vision for success in the game industry has changed a lot from when I first started designing games. Uh, when I first started, I just wanted to make a game that was fun to play with friends. Uh, and after that, um, they liked it a lot, and so I decided to, uh, my new goal would be to try to publish a game. Uh, and I have one game published, Endangered, um, and so my goal has uh, continued to change. Um, as a game developer, uh, my goal is to uh, make sure that any games that we release uh, don't have any errors in the rules uh, or, or any um, things that aren't going to be fun. Uh, so it's very important to have a goal for yourself when you are uh, in the game industry. But as you reach those goals, it's important to set additional further goals uh, as you go. My name is Kirsten Lund, and I'm a board game designer and publisher in New Zealand through my company, Looking Glass Workshop. My first game, a classical music-themed engine builder called Ovation, has funded on Kickstarter and is on its way to production. Uh, so while there are lots of metrics that can be applied to what success looks like in the industry professionally, how do I personally define success in game design? Well, I tend to think of a lot of steps of design in two parts. Um, so I've thought about this as a two-parter too. The first part uh, of success to me is taking your creative vision for a game experience and making it real. You have to succeed at overcoming doubt, um, imposter syndrome, practical hurdles, so many things just to get the thing to exist. Every play of the game is a form of success, even if you find it's totally broken because you're improving your knowledge and experience 
while honing the game toward your ultimate vision. So unpublished, unpolished, if your design can be played because you made it, that's a success. The second part of success in game design uh, for me is where my personal joy lives. Now that you've made the thing, when you get to see players have the experience you always imagined they would while playing your game, uh, that is the greatest and most fulfilling success. Whether it's a homebrewed rough prototype or a final published copy of your game or, or somewhere in between, when people are laughing or groaning or, or learning or, or shouting at each other or all of the above, the way you dreamed about when the idea first took hold, that, that is success. I'm enjoying publishing Ovation and I can't wait to share it with everyone who believed in it. But I feel most successful personally in game design when I know players are having fun immersing themselves in the world I built for them. The pressure to achieve using professional measures of success is real. I I thank you for this opportunity to remind myself that my personal definition of success is actually quite achievable. It helps alleviate the pressure. Thanks. Hello, this is George Dreyer. I'm a designer and developer at Dreyer Inc. And I think success for me in the industry would be to put something out there that people want to pick up over and over, something that leaves an impact on people, and something that people want to connect with, probably not on the same game. Hello, this is Heather Newton. I'm the lead organizer for Protospiel Online. One of my favorite things to do during our virtual board game playtesting conventions is scroll through our Discord's channel list and see all the names grouped into voice calls, knowing each of those groups is a playtest in progress. From my perspective as an organizer, seeing all the registration data come in, attendee names get to be familiar to me. I have a good sense of who's a first-time attendee, joining from overseas, attending under a scholarship, or coming back after some time away. I love seeing a group gathered in a voice call and getting to think, Oh good, that Protospiel alumni is playtesting that first-time attendee's game. I'm sure they'll be able to give them some helpful feedback. Or awesome, that table has people from three different continents testing together. And for those times I wasn't looking through the channels to see a group playing together, I love reading the posts in our Shout Out a Palooza channel with people sharing what they enjoyed about prototypes they played or helpful advice they got from someone in coffee talk or during a playtest feedback session. And I especially love it when I get to join a designer's very first play test. These tests often start with a designer feeling nervous or apologizing about their possibly broken game and end with their realization that their prototype fully met the Protospiel Online expectation of being a work in progress. They're pleasantly surprised to find that their testers, who often have games they're working on themselves, don't see the unpolished bits as evidence that this designer is unqualified, but instead see them as interesting points to discuss and maybe even commiserate over. It's rewarding to get to be there for that aha moment when a new designer sees that their far from perfect play session didn't smash their dream of bringing the game to market. In fact, it's usually quite the opposite. Having a chance to talk about the project with others who understand the struggle helps them see a more clear path forward, and it looks a lot more fun and less lonely to walk down than it did yesterday. And of course, long after that first session, it's always a thrill to see games that our community help playtest make it to market. After three years and 13 convention weekends with about 150 playtest sessions each, 
we've seen a good number of prototypes that have passed through our virtual halls become finished products. It's always a joy to see how genuinely the people in our community love the chance to cheer one another on as their projects cross various types of finish lines. In the end, I've say, I'd say what all of these things I've shared have in common is that there are ways for me to peek into the moments of joy and connection that have come out of something I've built. And it's made all the more rewarding when I remember that the people I'm helping are people working to create moments of joy and connection for others. That's a snowball effect that I'm grateful to get to be a part of. Hi, my name is Brian Vinay. I am a hobby game designer. I've been designing games for about 10 years and I have no published games and I've been really successful in the hobby. And the reason I'm able to say that is because my definition of success is to just find joy in what you do in the hobby. If at the end of the day, what you've done has brought you some level of happiness, then congratulations, because you're already successful and you've done it. So it doesn't matter really if you have any published titles or if you've even finished what you've been working on. I mean, you can completely abandon a game, but if you take pride in the work you've put in and you've derived some level of joy and happiness from the process of designing that game, then you've done it. You are already successful and I'm very proud of you and you should go get some ice cream and celebrate. It's time to define success. Hello, I'm Bez. It's different for everyone. That's what we says. Doing the thing that we decide is good. Maybe I could be in low res. Hello, and welcome to the my section of a big, massive milestone podcast. Today is just before Spiel 2023, and you're listening to my personal thoughts. As always, I am a red human, part of an amazing episode assembled by Jason. I'm Bez a designer, developer, illustrator, also a musician, streamer, dancer, cyclist, player of games, writer of words, eater of food, wearer of clothes, sleeper, dreamer, and many other things. Success is having a goal and then achieving it. Some days, getting out of the house is a massive thing. That might seem unrelated to game design, but everything connects. Take a shower, brush your teeth. We don't usually think of these things as goals, but sometimes they are the seemingly insurmountable challenges that can turn my day around. Or, at worst, give me a tiny sense of accomplishment when I return to hide in bed. We usually don't put the same rigour into defining our life goals as we do into defining the goals for a game. No clear scoring system, no real win or loss, Just a vague feeling that, hopefully, we're doing stuff that matters. So, what matters to me? Take care of myself, exercise, epilate, connect with people, talk, walk, improvise, play. Self-expression is part of this. I make games for many reasons. Intellectual curiosity, love of the art form, spreading messages, spreading joy, making something that reflects me, making folks smile, laugh or ponder, fame, money. I'm not ashamed to say that. Life doesn't have a binary win or lose condition and neither does game design. Sales and other numbers are easy to track, so can be seductive to chase after. I've sold hundreds of thousands of games, but I haven't sold millions. I've made so many games, but I could always make more. 
I want to support myself through game design, so money matters a lot. To pay for rent, food and other stuff. But after that, what is left? Making something worthwhile. Sometimes I have the confidence to call something meaningful, but usually it's measured by responses or comments. Someone telling me that they smiled, laughed or pondered. Or sometimes I see it at my stand. This is what matters to me. This is how I am. Defining success, defining success. Goodbye, I'm best. Goodbye, my friends. Defining success, defining success. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye, I'm best. Maybe one day starring in a video game in low res. Bye-bye. I'm Joe Kell. I'm a game designer. And I personally define success in game design as seeing people playing a published game of mine and having a good time. A much further, more difficult definition of super success uh, that maybe I'll achieve one day would be to maintain my and my family's lifestyles uh, simply on income from game design. Hi, I'm Justin Brooks. I design games, and for me, success is having people play my games without me asking them to. Hi, I'm Kat Dreyer. I'm a game designer and illustrator and also co-host of the Meeple Syrup Show. Um, I would consider that my personal measure of success in the industry would be to have enough games published that people recognize the Dreyerink flavor of game. Um, so inclusive, um, beautiful, interesting, puzzly, challenging, but also approachable and fun. Hi, my name is Dan Seward. Um, I used to work in product development a long time ago, but I've been a stay-at-home dad for, um, it's crazy, but like 10 years. Um, I love games, and um, this is a really fun creative outlet, you know, trying to make a game. So I've been um, really happy and fortunate to be able to even try, um, you know, have the time and financial flexibility to, to pursue it. Uh, success for me is simple. You know, I've been working on a game for a while now, and I would love to get it published. Um, I mean, there's grades of success, right? Like, I'd love to see whatever I make be popular, even more than published, but, you know, this marketplace is crazy. Like, there's thousands of new games every year, a million talented designers out there, you know, many who have uh, more experience and probably talent than me. Um, there's hundreds of publishers, um, you know, there's Kickstarters every 20 minutes, and you, you just have to be really lucky as well as good to have any sort of commercial success. Um, you can do everything right. You can still get a game, you know, still just get a game in a box without volume or um, accolades or anything. And even that's a, a big accomplishment. So, you know, that's success for me, I think, is going through the process, um, offering a game and having some people enjoy it. Um, I've been having a great time, you know, learning, seeing what other people are up to, um, being creative, you know, getting to know people. Um, about to start, you know, hitting some conventions and stuff, so it's exciting. Um, and I hope to get, you know, see this done, and um, once once I can get something in a box, we'll see whatever comes out of it. Um, you know, if the stars align and I can keep doing it and making more games, um, that'd be amazing, but I, just, I think that's not 
defining success for me, that's like icing on the cake stuff. Um, if it, you know, becomes more than a pursuit that I managed to, you know, do for its own sake. Hello, I'm David Masnato. I'm a game designer and also a graphic designer and community manager for projects within and outside the game design world. Um, I'm not sure I have a set definition for success because I feel like it's important to give myself the space and opportunity to grow and learn and change. And I guess I try to avoid thinking about my work in game design in regards to success because it inevitably also means that I have to think about my work in regards to failure. Um, I don't really find that to be a useful or motivating binary. Um, so I try to tap into how I'm feeling in the current moment. Uh, I, am I happy with the work I'm doing? Is the work I'm doing making other people happy? Am I giving as much of myself as possible while also taking care of myself? Am I supporting other designers? Am I having a good time doing any of this? I, I think if I'm able to answer those questions with yes, that's about as close to a traditional definition of successes I'm willing to chase. Hi, I'm Helena Capel, publisher of Burnt Island Games and KTBG, or Kids Table Board Gaming. My personal definition of success within the games industry is when I see people sitting around a table playing our games, laughing and getting excited about what they're doing and just enjoying themselves. Success for me is not a goalpost. It's not a finish line. It's a direction, a measurement of change, a vector showing how much I have grown. My success is measured by what I have learned. Those milestones along the way, they are the destination, each one marking forward progress, a measurement of how I've changed and what I've learned. And I have learned so much. I've learned how to design a website and how to create an appealing, accessible color scheme. I've learned how to write and rewrite and rewrite a rule book. I've learned how to be competitive and how to collaborate better. I've learned how to handle rejection and failure and how to celebrate my own success and the success of others. I've learned how to use so many tools, from vector graphics to pen and paper, open source and professional grade, messaging and video apps, two and 3D simulators, and basically every Microsoft Office product. I've learned about different people and values and cultures and how to share my own. I've learned how to be a guest host on a podcast and to please not use the email. I've learned how to run a Twitch stream and how to moderate an online event. I've learned to give honest, helpful feedback and to be better at receiving it. I've learned how to balance intricate, interconnected game economies, and why hexagons are the bestagons, and how to pronounce protospiel, and how to hire an artist, and how to use a laminator, and how to manifest a game from nothing but determination and carpal tunnel. I have learned so, so much. And it has made me not only a better game designer, but a better person, too. However you measure it, success is achieved through growth and change. 
And for me, that growth and change is the measurement of the success. It's the journey before the destination. Michael Wasbrock, Game Designer. Hello Builders, this is Julio Nazario. And for me, success in game design would be a couple of different things. As you all know, I like to design in different levels and layered mechanisms. And for my success, I think those are also layered in a sense. Starting with the lowest, I would say, you know, getting back into the convention scene, meeting new people, and, and being more involved in uh, with, uh, with the board game industry itself. Um, also, you know, getting back into doing more uh, active design, not like I used to. I used to do two games a month, uh, but something along the lines, you know, one game every other month, I think that could be a good success. And then going on to a higher level, signing games, you know, uh, something about around 10 to 20% of my design games, you know, I know that not all of them will be winners. So if I design six games a year, if I sign one of them, I think that could be a good success. Um, now the next thing would be having both my published games and unpublished games stand out in unconventional ways. That's always something that's st stood out for my games and I want to keep it that way. The best thing that I know I can achieve is that have a wide positive reception to my games. Uh, you know, it, I love for people to just enjoy my games and it feels nice to, to hear that, you know. After this, we were talking about something that I hope it happens and I will strive for. And that's, you know, winning awards uh, that will give my games new opportunities to stand out. Um, and, and then the last thing, uh, and this is kind of, I know so everybody will, will see some success in this or want some success in this part, would be have at least one of my games be an evergreen game. Of course, that kind of provides uh, an opportunity for economically, uh, just opens uh, a lot of different avenues, not just in uh, economically, but also as a game designer and person that can uh, uh, reach out to others and publishers can reach out to you, that kind of thing. I think that's a good measure of the different levels of success that I would like in game design. See ya. Hi, my name is Roscoe Schock, and I'm a board game designer. Success in board game design, to me, is directly related to why I enjoy playing board games in the first place. To me, board games are about trying to solve a, a clever puzzle and maybe trying to do it faster or better than the people you're playing with. Game design is kind of the opposite. It's trying to create a puzzle for other people to solve better than the people that they're playing with. So when people were playtesting my game and they asked to play it again or they asked to buy it or as soon as the game's over, everyone is immediately talking about all the things that they would try differently next time or the fun they had or seeing those memorable moments, whether it's laughing or moans and groans when something went wrong. To me, that's the real definition of success. I want other people to enjoy solving the puzzles and games that I've made uh, even more than I've enjoyed creating them. But we shouldn't be so naive as to not consider what commercial success means. Now, some people, that's all they really care about. Um, but for me, getting a game published by an established publisher is not about the money. It's not about any kind of fame or recognition. It's about the fact that, you know, putting a game up on Kickstarter may cost several thousands of dollars. And for a person I don't know to sign my game and take that financial risk 
Um, that's quite validating. That someone else believed in my game um, and is willing to take a chance on it and potentially lose money. Um, so I, I think that's another thing we should consider. But I make board games so that people can enjoy them. Hi there, my name is Tanner Simmons, creator of Inside Job, the uh, tabletop game, not the show, and uh, I'm a board game designer. Success in the tabletop games industry can mean different things to different people, but for me, I define my success by how much I'm able to create memorable and unique experiences for others to remember and enjoy. If I'm able to create a space where people can come together, push some pieces around a table, and find some magic in between the rules, then I know I've done my job well. My hope is that players of my games will walk away with a story to tell, and an experience they couldn't have gotten anywhere else. When a game can exist in someone's mind, outside of when it's actually being played, when the players go, oh man, I'm still thinking about that move you made yesterday where you captured all of our pieces right at the end, that is success to me. Hey, I'm Zoe. I design games as Night Bunny. To me, success is when someone plays my design and has the experience I wish to share. And bonus points if they walk away with their perspective shifted. But if I'm going to be 100% honest, there's an insecure part of me that needs people to understand my games in order to feel successful. Like, I'm afraid if my designs don't resonate with anyone, then I will have truly lost all connection to my human peers and that this will somehow invalidate my existence. I kind of wish I could just create art completely disjointed from my ego-driven need for success. Like, like I could just calculate what would produce the most good in the universe and manifest that untainted by my imperfect need to be seen. You know what I mean? Like, I want my metric of success to be just general good in the universe. I don't... People understanding me is not necessarily valuable. But I guess if I could see the dominoes of the universe and know exactly which, like button to press to shift things towards a better outcome for everyone, then I wouldn't really be human, I guess, huh? So this is kind of the best that I could do with my limited perspective. Just create stuff based on what I think is valuable and hope people understand it. Gosh, I hate the word value. I feel filthy whenever I say it. Like, I need to produce something valuable. Like, it has to have value for it to exist. Like, I can't just create something because I want to. Like, there's anything wrong with making something because of an ego-driven need. There should be no success metric. You're already successful. Hi, this is Isaac Shalev. I'm a game designer and an author of books about game design. When I first started out, success meant something different to me than it does today. When I first started out, uh, success meant getting published at all, making a game that other people would want to publish and sell to people who would want to buy them. Uh, that felt like a, a huge goal. And uh, when it happened, it was very satisfying. But of course, you move on to new things. And so for a while, I was interested in making commercially successful games because it validated that the designs were worthwhile, they were interesting, they were compelling, people found them uh, meaningful. Um, I think today, having uh, had about 10 titles published, um, I look at the, the, you know, I look at the work that I do a little bit differently. Um, what I'm interested in right now, whether it's in writing or in design, is understanding design better, 
understanding the art and the craft of it better, getting better at it, but just being able to articulate better uh, what it is that we're doing when we play games and when we make games. Um, so a lot of my work now is in education and in writing, as well as still in making games. And I don't think that'll ever stop being fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a real change because um, success shouldn't necessarily be static. As we get older, as we achieve more, um, we might find that our priorities change. And so uh, uh, to, to cite Jeff Engelstein, at some point you need to figure out when to turn your engine um, from, uh, from making money to making victory points. And in, in the context of a career, I think that also means uh, maybe turning your attention uh, towards a deeper understanding of, uh, of the craft itself. Hello, my name is Matthew Hawker. I am the designer and publisher behind Koo Games. I am also a uh, administrator at Break My Game, which is a playtesting community. Uh, success is one of those things that I've thought a lot about, and um, that's partly because I was born a very arrogant person. <laughs> and um, even up to this point, I'm still balancing who I want to be with who I think I am. And so I I think personally after years of kind of going through all sorts of trials and errors and successes and failures and uh, sometimes just things that lie right in the middle of those two, um, I think success is it's kind of a cop-out, but it's, it's what you make of it, um, especially in game design. You don't have to be anyone else. You don't have to make anything that you don't want to make. Uh, you can do what you want for the most part, and you get to decide the conditions of success. Um, for me, for myself, success is just thinking of something that I want to make and then figuring out how to make it. Um, and sometimes that changes completely along the journey. Sometimes I realize success is moving on from this project and moving into another project. Um, I personally think success is what you make of it, but another way to look at it is success is something that you don't have to define. It doesn't have to be anything. Sometimes success is just putting a pencil onto paper and writing a word or, or getting a good night's sleep. Um, I think if you chase success, make sure you're not chasing perfection. Um, and I think as long as you don't do that and you're you're pushing for directional good in your life and your journey and your creations, it's going to be great. Hey, y'all. James Hudson here from Druid City Games. And I'm going to tell you my personal definition of success in board gaming. For me, uh, it starts with player experience. Can I create memorable moments for players, whether that be through emotional uh, experience where there's a big explosion at the table because people had a, an incredible moment? Is it, uh, you know, some sort of uh, agency that we put into a game mechanic that makes people feel clever, makes them want to come back and play the game again? Uh, then mixing all of that with trying to stay um, somewhat profitable, <laughs> you know, but also not chase profits, not chase money as the leading thing, but to let player experience be what leads us. And then I feel like everything else will take care of itself is kind of the way that I look at it. Um, so that would be kind of like when you look at really game design. And then from there, I really look at different ways that to lift up marginalized groups, how to help people 
um, break into the industry because I truly believe that a diverse industry makes better games and makes better uh, enjoyment. So like, you know, when you get your silos on, when you've got the same set of people making games, it turns out the same kind of game. So just finding different ways uh, to work with people and to uplift marginalized groups so that we become more diverse in board gaming, I think is really, really important for the longevity of board gaming. Hi, my name is Sabrina Solba and I am a game designer. I have been thinking about this question, how do I define success? And for me, this is a really auspicious moment to consider this question because I'm about to launch my first Kickstarter for the first game I'm publishing under my own studio's label. So there's about to be a very public moment with very public measures of success for me. Did I reach my funding goal? How quickly? These are really great measures of success if what you care about is measurability. They're very clear and concrete. And they're also just fundamentally not under my control. I can't really control how many people back my game or even like my game. I can do everything I can think of and afford to, to try to build awareness about it, to make it a great game experience. But I really can't, in the end, control the outcome. And I think success, personal success, it, it has to come from within. If you rely on the outside world, to tell you if you're successful. You're chasing something that's fickle and ephemeral at best, or worse, creatively poisonous. So for me, I define success as something twofold. First and foremost, that my work offers something of myself to the world. I've really come to believe that this is possibly one of our deepest responsibilities as a unique human existing in this unique moment in time to follow those personal curiosities, those secret ideas you've been turning over, those authentically you idiosyncrasies or delights. So if I can look at my work and say, yes, I've put myself into my work, then I feel successful. And then also that I, I don't let the unknown or the possibility of making mistakes or not measuring up to others hold me back from trying new things, putting myself out there. If I can say, I did it, I gave a go of it, I did the thing I wanted to do that I wanted to share with the world, that's what I can control, and that's the success I'm seeking. My name is Jonathan Chaffer, and I've been designing games seriously for a dozen years or so. My definition of success has definitely changed a lot over those years, as I went from making games for friends and family to play, to creating print-on-demand games, to getting signed with publishers. But I think the constant thread throughout all of that has been that recognition is what motivates me. So regardless of the scope of the project, for me, success in game design is when people that I don't know play and enjoy games that I created. And the best way I know to achieve that is just to create as much as possible and get it out there. Hi, my name's Clarence Simpson, and I'm a game designer. I've been designing seriously since early 2019, and you might know some of my published designs like The Wolves, Merchants of Magic, Chomp, or A Message from the Stars. Now, at some point in my life, I realized that one of my main goals and sources of satisfaction is to make other people's lives easier or better in some way. If something I do or something I've created brings someone joy, laughter, triumph, relief, or escapism, then I feel like I've done my job. So for me, success in game design is often measured in joy. That sounds corny and cliche, I know, but if I've added joy to the lives of the people who play my games, then 
I feel successful. And the more people who enjoy my game, the more successful I feel. Now, this sounds like I'm really saying success equals sales figures, and that's true to a certain extent, but I think I would feel just as successful releasing a free print-and-play game if it could have the same reach and impact as a retail release. Now, I also have one other metric of game design success that's a little more personal. My wife is black, and the board game group that has met at my house for the past 10 years is predominantly black, and unfortunately they've not felt as welcome in the hobby as I would like. So, when I started designing, I told myself that if I ever became an industry insider, I'd try to find some small way to make a difference in the hobby for them. And one simple thing I can do as a designer is to push for more representation in my games. So, every time I'm able to get more underrepresented people, especially black women, featured prominently in my games, I consider that a success. It's playing the long game, but my hope is that more black faces on game boxes and components leads to more black gamers, leads to more black designers and publishers, and hopefully one day makes the space welcoming to my game group in a way that I wish it had always been. Hello, my name is Connor Wake, and I'm a board game designer. I was having trouble figuring out what my definition of success was. I thought for a bit that maybe it's because I don't know, which is a little bit worrying. But now after thinking some more, I think it's because I don't want to know. I don't really want to lock that down. Uh, it kind of takes away from the fun of it. I just want to keep doing game design. For whatever reason, I really like it, and I know I'd be sad if I didn't get to do it. Getting games published is a nice goal to kind of keep me constrained and going in a direction, but um, it's more just helpful that it exists as a goal. I don't need to actually reach it. I've worked on plenty of weird little games just for myself and gotten lost plenty of times along the way, and that's been just fine by me. Jason! That was phenomenal. Right? I mean, we talked about at the beginning of the show just how smart this community is, and if you're not yeah. convinced after that, uh, right. I don't know what to do for you. Um, it is such a broad range of perspectives. I mm -hmm. love how uh, some people got very personal with it mm -hmm. and vulnerable, which I think is really important and, and part of why this community is so great, because there's that level of trust where you can do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm flattered that uh, a few people decided to hum a few parts of the song. Thank you for that uh, that kind tribute. Um, yes. And I, I love how you definitely heard from people who are in far different places yeah, uh, yeah. in their design career. Some people who just, who it's important to them that people are just engaging with the thing they made and, and just mm -hmm. having that emotional mm -hmm. impact on people. A couple of people not afraid to say, Hey, I want to, I want to make a living doing this, or at least yep. want to supplement my living doing this. Yeah. Um, and there were no wrong answers and not in a right. cliche way. Like every single one of those answers is, is an incredibly valid reason to be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. No. And I'm just, I mean, thank you to all the people that were willing to do that Put yourself out there like that even the ones that i know were uncomfortable with doing it and they did it anyways because they wanted to support the podcast you know um yeah i hope they hear that and they think like i'm really glad that i i put that out there you know absolutely and and i feel like this is going to be fodder for some amazing discussion uh in the group later on after this drops mm -hmm. uh, but now i have to do it there's a reason that you bring me in for these things <laughs> not just as a proxy for a missing rob Right, somebody who's been around for a while. Rob 2.0, uh, much better. <laughs> it's like Rob, Robert Cop. Um, Rob would agree with me, for the record. <laughs> but 
Now I have to put you in the hot seat because mm -hmm. you have not answered this question for yourself personally. You asked, you answered what makes BTG the entity successful, mm -hmm. but I think everybody needs and wants to hear how does Jason define his own success? What makes Jason Slingerlin successful? Yeah. So as I alluded to before, it, it's went through a lot of changes and I, I think that it's easy to define it in the past, right? Like I had that no problem when I thought, well, how did I used to define success? And I knew that that wasn't how I define it now, but you know, in the beginning it was, I just want to get a game published, right? That's all I wanted for success. And then it became, well, that was pretty cool, but you know, I published it myself. So I'm going to need to get another game published by a publisher. And then I did that and I was like, well, I think I'm going to need to get a couple more published. And I was like, you know what? Five, five sounds good. And then I got five games published and I was like, wow, that's, but what about 10? Like, what if it was 10 games published and then it was 10? Um, and technically right now it's nine, but there's three more coming. So it is like 11. Um, no, eight plus three is 11. I'm never claimed to be that good. Whatever. It's, it's, um, it's same difference. So, but um, for hand grenades. Yeah. You know, so I, there was a point where I was saying to myself, like, dude, like you can't, you know, it's like, oh, I have to get a game that's like got an IP and a mass market and then I'll feel successful. Like that's how I, that's what I need. And, and all of those things were cool parts of success. You know, there was a time when I told myself, like, I want to game design full time. I want that to be my whole job. And then I thought, well, I don't know that that is what I want. Um. And so I moved past all of those things when I got to sitting down to think about this. And, and like you, I just felt like I've asked a question that I don't know how to answer. And now this is going to be really awkward because everyone else is going to answer it. And Jason, the host is going to be like, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a answer for this. And that's concerning. Um, and, and here's what got me right. So the instructions were, Define success to you in the board game industry um, or the games industry. You know, what what is success look like for you personally in that? And it turned out that was the sticking point for me because I was trying so hard to figure out, okay, in the industry, what do I do? I design games. I, I do podcasting, you know, I, I'm like, how do I define success with that? And, and I realized that I was asking myself the wrong question that for myself, I needed to actually think outside of games. And so that's what I did. I was like, okay, how do you define success normally? And then it clicked that that is literally the same definition for me within games and with outside of games. And it's really simple. It's that I want whatever I'm doing to be creating positive change in the world around me, whether it's making a difference for one person and helping them with a game whether it's making a cool episode with someone and giving, you know, getting their game out there, whether it's, you know, me designing a game that I'm passionate about and getting people to play it and having people enjoy it, you know, or, you know, I've been working on these new mental health games and that sort of thing. All of that ties back to, I just want to create positive change. Like that's what this is all about. And that's, what's been driving me this whole time. But I keep putting up these other definitions in the way, but really in the end, that's all it is. That's all I want to do. Yeah, pretty straightforward and simple, uh, but a powerful message, I think. You know, at the end of the day, uh, what are all of us 
trying to do. When we create entertainment, which games mm -hmm. generally are considered entertainment, yep. and, and I yep. know even now that definition is called into question now because of right. how far right. the industry has come, right? Um, but we want to reach out and affect the world around us in a positive way, individual people mm -hmm. in a positive way. So if you say my definition of success is positive feedback, it's because that's the receipt for that, right? right. It right. helps you right. know you made that positive impact on folks. Uh, for other mm -hmm. people, it's going to be, I got money in my pocket. Somebody cared enough about what I had to do that they rewarded me. That's another way to get yep. there. Uh, sometimes it's just you're confident enough in yourself that you put it out there, and whether you hear from people or not, you're pretty sure that it's making a positive impact, and, and that makes you happy, right? Right, uh, right. You know, so however you choose to define success, uh, I hope that uh, this has been a rewarding experience listening back to this and, and listening to some other people, and you maybe found something that's helped you to galvanize what it is that you're doing here and, and help you to move forward. So... Uh, so some big talk today, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that if you heard this episode and you didn't record something for it, hop on the discord. There's still a channel called define success. Go in there. We're going to be, I'm confident we're going to be chatting in there a bunch over the next few weeks. Um, throw your definition of success right on in there, uh, and, and jump in the conversation if you're comfortable with that, because yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't have to end here. Right. Because again, everyone's is different and they're all evolving. So I think that is the the most common thing we heard is that people's definitions of success are evolving. And that is, that's great. I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. I think it's beyond great. And, uh, and it is the kind of thing that I think neither of us would have predicted back in 2012 when right. this whole thing started is that we'd be at this point in space and time. Jason, congratulations to you. Congratulations to all of the co-hosts. Congratulations to the entire community on 600 amazing episodes, which is to say 599 amazing episodes and this one. Uh, <laughs> no, this episode has actually been amazing. So we could just take out another one from earlier. We'll call it 599. It's yeah, good. It was probably um, one with Rob, honestly. Probably. Might have been the pilot. It wasn't great. <laughs> Something well, from the 200s or so. We'll just pluck that one out. It'll be good. Um, there were some dark times. Oh. But uh, uh, for real, uh, thanks for letting me be part of this journey, man. I, oh, I always, appreciate it. Always. Yes. It's I always appreciate, a pleasure to come back and visit. You know, and for, for anyone new who might be listening, who was drawn in by this large number and this whole defining success thing, uh, I always want to remind people that it is your lovely voice that people hear at the beginning of the podcast every single week. And uh Yes, yes. And people are always surprised to figure that out, uh, which I love because most people <laughs> don't know. And then they're like, wait, what? That's you? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but you you have been uh, an amazing friend and supporter since 2012 when we, we both happened to start podcasts around about the same time. And we're like, hey, we're, we're both cool. We should do stuff together. And then let's be best friends for a yeah. decade. And then... So, <laughs> So, uh, and we had, there were some other guys that were friends with us too. We kicked those all out of the podcast <laughs> and now it's just you and me. <laughs> if, if there's one thing that will drive you toward your personal definition of success, it is purging people from your life. That is exactly. 
Well, but on that note, on huh. that amazing upbeat note, uh, uh, thank you so much for listening to episode 600. If you want to get in touch, uh, join the discord. Uh, we're on all the socials. Jason normally runs that down. Whatever. If you're listening, you figured it out. You know the deal. Um, but I think we have one more, Jason. Is that right? We do. Yes. Uh, instead of our normal, lovely, uh, outro, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be taken out, uh, by game designer, uh, Rob Bergstrom, uh, who's an awesome dude from our, uh, um, from our community. Uh, and he's going to sing us out with his definition of success. And it's honestly one of my faves from this whole thing. If I was picking favorites. So, uh, yeah. I'm and excited that, that, uh, we couldn't get the Rob for this one, but we no. got a Rob. And it's a good Rob. You're going to like this. It's a good Rob. Yes. Yeah. But uh, until next time, good night. Good night. I've got two minutes to tell you my definition of success. If instead I could compel you just to give it all the rest. When the imposter sneaks upon you. And is standing on your chest Tell them you don't need to make something You'd rather give it all instead Well, here it is In the years before I died I was honest and I tried Not to lock things up inside And it's okay when I cry And that's it, nothing more Take your aspirations and schemes and throw them out the door Be here now, stay with me Times I let go are the ones I can finally see That it's gold, like the sun Which is nothing more than the fusion of hydrogen And there we are, miles away, adrift on a rock in the middle of empty space. There's no use in it, no escape. And when the reaction is over, it's all gone anyway. Tell them, not today. Dreams are like sand. The harder you hold, the more they slip away. It's about two minutes. But in the years before I died, I was honest and I tried not to lock things up inside. And it's okay.